We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, Elmani. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, Elmani. On this Good Friday, you know, um, I'm sure you've heard it a million times. Why do Christians call this day when God died? You know, such an ugly death. Why do we call this day Good Friday? And, you know, in all reality, it's because of the blood. I want to share with you tonight about the blood that was bled and shed and made him dead. It's because of the blood that washes away our sins. I don't, does that bless you guys at all? Just out of curiosity, man. Because I look out at you and I'm like, man, they're all messed up, Lord. You know, and uh, we, we, well, even today, you know, we fall short. And, and I want to promise you something. Tomorrow you will fall short. And the day after that, and the day after that, every single day you live, you will sin. We will fall short. We need the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why Good Friday is such an awesome day. That's why we call it Good Friday, because it's by His blood we are washed. We are Save, we find freedom, we find forgiveness, we find peace, we find purpose. It's because of the blood. You guys know that, right? That's what TGIF really means, right? You guys know that? TGIF, what does that stand for? Thank God I'm forgiven. You guys don't know that? What's <laughs> TGIF is not thank God it's Friday, it's thank God I'm forgiven. Man, it's the blood of Jesus that gives us that forgiveness. You know, we read here. Look in Hebrews 9, in verse 22. I just want to call your attention to the latter portion of that verse. It says right there in Hebrews 9, And and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no remission. That means there's no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. You know, last uh, Sunday I mentioned about Billy Graham and a conversation he had when he started out in his ministry as a young preacher, how when he was young, a professor from Cornell University said to Billy Graham, Son, you are a good speaker. You speak with clarity. You speak with authority. And you can go far in the ministry. But he said, I want to suggest to you that when you preach, you leave out that blood stuff. Don't talk about the blood, he said. You'll go far if you leave out the message of the blood. Now, I thank God that Billy Graham didn't pay attention to that man. He said, I have purposed in my heart then to preach on the blood of Jesus more than ever before. And he did, and he has, and God has brought in a sea of salvation because, not, not Billy, but because of the blood that washes away our sins, you guys. You know, we fall short. You know, and a lot of times what ends up happening is we as Christians, we enter into a performance-oriented relationship with God and we get frustrated because, you know, we can't dot every I or cross every T and we just, we fall short. And what messes us up is we forget the blood. You know, if there's anything that Satan hates, it's the blood of Jesus Christ because it washes away our sins and it demonstrates beyond a shadow of a doubt that no matter what you might go through in life, his bloody cross proves that he loves you. 
And that's why Satan hates the blood. Remember Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Isn't that cool, you guys? How many of you here, when you were, you, when you were little, you didn't, want, you didn't like taking a bath? I'm just curious, man, you know. You know, I don't know if you remember, because a lot of us here, we're old, but man, sometimes we can see it with our kids, and they don't want to take a bath, and, and really, that's all it takes. You want to go to heaven? Take a bath. You want to get right with God? You want to find forgiveness? You want to find peace and purpose? You want to be set free from the power of drugs or drinks or alcohol or any type of addiction? You want that? Then just take a bath in the blood of Jesus. That's why he died, and that's why we call it Good Friday. It's by the blood that we're bathed. It's by the blood the devil is beat. It's by the blood the battle is won, and the devil knows it, and the devil hates it. And that's why he doesn't like Good Friday, because we get together and we celebrate the blood of God that washes away my sins. Everything I did in the past, everything I will do today, and everything I will do for the rest of my life has been nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ. And you probably heard that classic story of Napoleon who was with some of his officers looking at a war map on the wall. And there on that map was the British Isles. And on that map, the Isles were colored in red. And Napoleon looked at the British Isles on that map colored in red having been defeated by the British. And he said those classic words, if it were not for that red spot, I would have conquered the world. Napoleon said, if it were not for that red spot, I would have conquered the world. And surely Satan has to say the same thing, doesn't he, about Calvary. Were it not for that red spot in history on Calvary, I would have conquered the world. You see, Jesus beat the devil by the blood of his cross. That's why it's a Good Friday. You know, all of you who are Christians, you know what I'm talking about. But if you're here and you don't know why his blood way back then makes a difference today and forever, then I challenge you to open your heart, to open your ears, to let your eyes see why the message must be about the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, a great man of God named Adrian Rogers, he said something so profound. He said, the Bible is a bloody book. You cut the Bible and it bleeds blood. And what you find if you open the Bible is what's called the scarlet thread. Throughout the whole Bible, there's a bloodline from Genesis to Revelation. I just want to take you a couple of places where those stitches are, that scarlet thread, and then in the end, we're going to talk about what it means, two things, life and forgiveness. But let's go to Genesis chapter 3 for a second, if you would. When Jesus died on that cross, he hung there for six hours from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And he died for our sins and he stained that mountain red with his blood. Why? Why? You know, early on in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve, uh, they walked in the garden. They, think about this, they walked with God. Any of you here think that's cool, just out of curiosity, man? I mean, walking with God. They were robed in glory. 
But Adam and Eve, you guys know the story, they sinned, they walked away from God, and the Bible tells us they covered themselves with the leaves of a fig tree. And so what ended up happening is God went looking for them. You know, if you're here tonight and you've walked away from God, you want to know something? He's looking for you. Tonight, he will leave the 99 and look for you. He loves you. God looked for Adam and Eve when they sinned, when they fell. He went looking for them. They covered themselves with fig leaves. But, you know, God, brokenhearted, he did not lose heart. He had a plan of salvation that he put in motion. And look, if you would, at Genesis 3 and verse 21. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. And so you're like, well, what's that all about? You know, why did God do that? Adam and Eve covered themselves with fig leaves, but apparently the fig leaves weren't the right covering. Um, Neither would cotton or linen be or silk or satin. Apparently it would be the skins of animals that God would give to cover Adam and Eve. Why is that? Why? Is it because the Lord likes leather? Any of you here have a leather jacket that I can have just out of curiosity, man? You know, is that why God did it? Is it because he likes leather? Was it a statement of fashion? No, I think you guys know it wasn't a statement of fashion. It was a statement of forgiveness. Even there in the very beginning, the very first sinner's God was sharing a message in order to be covered with animal skins. Innocent animals had to die. And that was a foreshadowing of the day that Christ would die on the cross for our sins. You see, Hebrews 9.22 is true. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Just as a side note, you know, the fig trees... They represent man's works, you know? I mean, we try, to, we try to do good. We try to, like, please God, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you want to know something? You will never be good enough. You will never be able to enter into heaven on your own righteousness. You know, you talk to people all the time, and, hey, do you think, you know, you're right with God? If you were to die today, would you go to heaven? A lot of times they say, yeah, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. Maybe you're here tonight and you're a good person. I wouldn't deny that. There are probably some good people here. But let me tell you something. You will never be good enough to go to heaven without the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, and that's why the fig leaves, they weren't enough. And that's why Jesus cursed the fig tree. On the week that he died, he got rid of the religion. He got rid of the rules and regulations. And he brought into perspective the redemption of the cross. You, we need Jesus. And we need his blood. You see, and that's why those animals were killed. It wasn't a fashion statement. It was a forgiveness statement. God wanted to give us a message uh, about the blood. I mean... Even in Genesis chapter 4, the very next chapter here, we learn this lesson throughout the Bible, early on in the beginning, Adam and Eve, and then Cain and Abel. Look at verse 3 of Genesis 4, and it says, And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, 
And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. You know, and you look at that and, and, you, and you wonder why. Why is that? You know, Abel, Cain and Abel, most of you probably heard of them. You know, Cain and Abel, they bring their offerings. Why is it that God accepts one and not the other? Well, we know that by faith, Abel believed in the blood. By faith, he offered his sacrifice that would make him right in God's sight. And even though it hadn't been written yet, the Bible sends the message that without the shedding of blood... There is no forgiveness of sins. Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel. And then there's Moses. You guys probably know about him. A man born with a special mission to to do what? To set the people free. God says, I love you. You don't have to live under the bondage of sin any longer. With a mission to lead and to let God's people go. If you remember the story of the Bible, they had been set slaves in Egypt and it's a picture of all the people in all the world who are in bondage to the power and penalty of sin and so God sent Moses to Pharaoh and Pharaoh is a picture of the devil and so if you if you go over to Exodus 12 it's interesting what ends up happening most most of you guys probably know this story but Moses tried to set the people free and he And he could not do it, no matter how hard he tried. You know, he was a special man, gifted by God. He had seen the burning bush, but his presence didn't work, and his persuasive speech didn't work, and even the the powerful plagues didn't work. They were not powerful enough to set the people free. I mean, when you read uh, the Bible, and you guys know the, the story, huh, the the crazy plagues, the, the blood of the Nile, how the Nile River was turned into blood, or the, the plague of the frogs. Imagine what life would be like if frogs were everywhere. You know, I don't know if you eat frogs. Anybody here eat frogs? I, I've heard they taste like chicken. I'm not sure, but maybe you're like, well, I like it. No, you wouldn't like it if they were everywhere. I mean, the, the lice. You guys remember those piojos? You guys ever have those, right? <laughs> Imagine that, the plague of the blood of the Nile, the frogs, the lice, the flies. I remember one time I went down to Vizcaino. If you guys ever want to see flies, go down to Vizcaino, man. they everywhere, right? I mean, the pestilence, the boils, the hail, the locusts, the darkness, none of it worked. Why? Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. There was the tenth plague. That set them free, right? And we read here in Exodus 12. Notice in verse 1, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male. The first year you may take it from the sheep or from the goats. 
Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it. Kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the house where they eat it. I mean, you know, what's God saying here? What is God saying to us? Through all these messages about the animals, the innocent animals that had to die and how they had to be covered with that death. And then I respected this offering and not that offering. You know, a lot of times people think, well, all religions lead to God, and they all do. Everybody will stand before God one day, but not all religions lead to heaven. Only Jesus does. He's the only one to ever die and rise again. Jesus stands head and shoulders above anyone else. And so you, you read, and what's God saying here? That you know all the other plagues didn't work. They weren't powerful enough. Why is it that this last one called the Passover, where they would have to kill the lamb and put the blood on the, on the two doorposts and the lintel, you know, it wasn't on the bottom. You, you don't walk over the blood. You walk under the blood. What's that all about? What's God trying to say to us? And he's saying the same thing over and over and over again, that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And so you read down in verse 13, it says, Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. You know, recently we, we had our house painted. It was kind of cool. It was way overdue. And, you know, it's kind of like that. It's real simple, man. You just get some, some red paint. In this case, it's the blood of Jesus. And you put it right there. And you put it right there. And you put it right there on your house. Question, is it on your house? Is the blood of Jesus there on the two doorposts and the lintel where you can walk under the blood? Because if, if it's there, you have life. If it's there, you have forgiveness. If it's not, you don't. And one day the angel of death will visit you. And remember this, that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. I mean, I don't know. Suppose that you were there and you're like, well, I don't like that, you know? And so you put gold and silver and diamonds on the doorposts and the lintel. Let's just say you did that, right? What would have happened? Well, the angel of death would still have struck. And so we take it a step further. Suppose they put all the money of all mankind on those two doorposts on that lintel. What would have happened then? Well, the angel of death would still have struck. And so you're like, okay, God doesn't like gold or silver or money. Well, then here's something different. Suppose they put all the goodness of all the guys and gals across all the galaxies with an exhaustive list of all their good works, good people, so many good people. They put the list there on the two doorposts and the lentil. Suppose they did that. What would have happened then? I think you know it wouldn't be good enough. And the angel of death would still 
have struck. You know, sadly, there are some who have issues with God being God. They don't like salvation through sacrifice. And so they, you know, might even do something like this. And I know this sounds kind of crazy, but, you know, they're like, okay, Manny, I don't like it when, you know, animals die or when anyone dies. So I'm going to put just a lamb right there, a live lamb by the door and tie it to the doorpost. What then? I like what Agent Rogers said. He said, salvation doesn't come by learning lessons from the life of Christ, but by receiving life from the death of Christ. The Lamb had to die for us. You guys know this. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. You know, you might even look at the plagues, and someone might have caught this. I don't know if there's anyone here sharp enough, but probably a couple, I think, of that person. And that person, you're like, hey, wait a minute, man, time out, time out. The Nile River was turned to blood. So what's up with that? Or remember what Hebrews 9.22 says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. See, God had to die for us. That's what we see. And you go throughout the whole Bible and, you know, we don't have time tonight, but man, just the, the ceremonial law and, you know, every day, every day, they sacrificed animals. Every week, every month, every year, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, they would take the blood of the sacrifice and they would apply it there in the designated places. They would lay their hands on the animals, symbolic of them transferring their sins to the animal. They would then kill the animal, drain the blood, offer the sacrifice, take it into the most holy place, And there on the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, there on that gold place between the two cherubim, God said, sprinkle the blood there and I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there at the blood. You guys, that's what what Good Friday is all about, where God says, I love you and, and I died for you. You know, last night we had the the blessing, and I know it's difficult, but man, to watch the passion of the Christ and to see how much Jesus suffered in order to redeem us from our sins. And And you look at the Bible and you see that scarlet thread just stitched throughout the pages of Scripture, and you wonder why, why, why so much blood? And the answer is this, it's very simple. As I, God says, I need to point you to Jesus. I need to point you to Jesus. Why? Because in Jesus, there is forgiveness. And that's what we need the most. You know, in the blood, the Bible says there is life. You know, if you place your faith in Jesus Christ, You know, if you've trusted in Him as your Lord and Savior, not just with your head, but your heart, your life will show it. You'll be real. God will will acknowledge that. God saves. God gives life. God gives forgiveness. You know, that's what we need. You know, we're here tonight, and, you know, I'm not sure what's going on in your life. I know some of you here, you're struggling. You're struggling as a Christian, and you are struggling in your marriage. And you are struggling with your children or your grandchildren or in your, your job. You're struggling in your heart. You, sometimes people come and, you know, they're just hanging by a thread. 
Well, if that's you here today and you're hanging by a thread, let me just say this. Let it be a scarlet thread. Let it be the blood of Jesus. You know, you might look around and you might even say, I don't even deserve to be here because they're so much better than me and they got it all together and all that kind of garbage that the devil tries to tell us. No, that's not the issue. That's not, it's not like that in the kingdom of God. The only question is whether or not you're covered in the blood. And have you, have you let that sink in? Have you really truly received God's forgiveness? You know, the Bible says this. It says, he who's forgiven much loves much. And what that means basically is the person who knows they're forgiven, even though they're all messed up, they love God. That's exactly how it works. You know, Good Friday, um, it's good because we find forgiveness. TGIF, thank God, I'm forgiven. Okay, don't ever say the other one again, okay? <laughs> you, you know Jesus loves you? You know he died for you? You know who he is on that cross? Are you willing? Do you want it? Do you want to take a bath? in his blood, then it's TGIF. Thank God I'm forgiven. You know, this scarlet thread, it's just, it just all points to Jesus. You know, because in Jesus we find forgiveness. I wonder if there's anyone here tonight who needs forgiveness. I wonder. You know, the devil's condemning you, thinking that you don't even belong God is convicting you and saying, yes, you do. I wonder if there's anyone who needs forgiveness. You know, I know this, and I'll tell you this, guys. I've been a Christian for, I think it's been 27 years. I got saved when I was one. And, um, <laughs> and the truth is, I still fall short. Oh, I don't get it, man. You're a pastor. Yeah, uh, but I'm a man. I still fall short. I need forgiveness. I thank God that by His grace He set me free from drugs and, and drinking. And I thank God that, you know, He's helped me overcome addictions. And, you know, I'm not struggling with a lot of the things that I used to struggle before I was a Christian. But I still have my addictions. I'm addicted to potato chips. I'll tell you straight out, you know. I mean, I have my issues. I still fall short. I'm not making light of it, but I want you guys to know what Christianity really is and why we call it Good Friday. It's not because we're, we're perfect now. Because we're not. We're forgiven. Do you understand that? I mean, so someone says, yeah, Manny, but, you know, I sin less. You say that tonight? You're like, yeah, Manny, you know, I sin less. Well, I don't know. I think by saying that, you sin more, just to let you know. <laughs> so someone says, well, I don't sin intentionally or, or frequently. There are some Christians like that, right? And, and that's good. That's great. That's glorious. That is our goal. But I would venture to say this, that we sin in a different way every day. And at the end of the day, let me tell you this. I don't think sin is measured by how we sin again and again. I think sin is measured by who we sin against. 
And every time we sin, we sin against God. You understand that? So don't think you're better than anyone else because you're not. No one is. We're just all covered in the blood. So what do you do? You thank him. You thank him. You live a life of gratitude, you know? It's hard. I'll be honest with you. It is hard for me as a pastor. I read so many books. I read the Bible at least 27 times. I mean, it's hard to find the balance between grace and holiness, you know? It's hard to find that beautiful balance, how God hates sin but loves sinners. I mean, do we understand that? I just pray, you guys, that you would have given your life to Christ and you will understand the gospel, that there's no confusion here. You know, life is short, death is sure. Sin, the curse, Christ, the cure. I mean, do you understand that? You know, I'm a, I'm a great sinner. So are you, right? But we have a great Savior. You know, do we know that? Do you know that have you been set free you know again i think most of us here are christians we know the lord man but i i wonder sometimes how we're walking in that relationship with him has the burden truly been lifted do you know how much you're loved how he died for you how you're the apple of his eye, how before he ever flung a star into the sky, he thought of you. Yes, you. Don't let the enemy beat you up. You got to let God lift you up. We need his forgiveness. We really do. We need God's forgiveness. I don't know. This is kind of a crazy illustration, but I'll share it with you guys. You know, suppose someone were to come to you and out of the blue just punch you in the face. Okay, don't try it. I'm just saying, you know, just to say it happened, all right? And, uh, and they punch you in the face, and then they just stand there staring you down, right? Waiting for your reaction. You know, as you gather your thoughts, you're like, well, I just got punched in the face, right? Um, you gather your thoughts as a Christian in a bizarre act of kindness. You look at that person, and you tell them, I forgive you. I forgive you, right? But what if they were to say to you, oh, there's no need for you to forgive me. I've already forgiven myself. Would you think that's strange? I think you, you, you could. I think you should. And let's just say the whole, someone was watching the whole thing and they just kind of came from the side another person standing by and they said, oh, you know, neither one of you need to worry about it. I've already forgiven both of you. <laughs> But wait a minute, time out. You were the one that got punched in the nose. I know it sounds kind of weird, right? But wouldn't you say this, that the only one who could forgive you, the only one that, who could forgive in this setting, in this situation, was the one who got hit, right? For no reason at all. And I think if you were to logicize or logic in that way, you would just say that's, that's the way it is, right? Well, for us, what's happened is we did that to God. Sin is like a clenched fist in the face of God. 
And I want you to know this, that only God can forgive sin. And that's what he does when we come to him. He died for you on that Good Friday. The Bible says that we were not redeemed with silver or gold from our aimless conduct, which is, you know, the tradition of men. But we were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus. You guys, I pray you would know that. I pray that today you would know that's why we call this Good Friday. Don't take it lightly. You know, we're not one of those that say, oh, let's sin so that grace may abound. We're not like that. That means you don't know you're forgiven. But we are those who understand the truth of God's word in Romans chapter 5, verse 20. And where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. I tell you what, you old person, you, you young person, you... I mean, whoever you are, you've been here a thousand times. This is your first time. It doesn't matter. If that's something that you need to hear today, let it sink in. You know, I was telling you earlier about the bath and, you know, like, wait a minute, you know, the, the blood and how does it work? And if it's all that powerful, why isn't that everyone's not saved? And the answer is, it's just for those who choose to use the blood. I, I, ha- I want to close with it with some il- silly illustrations, okay? I think we have some images. Uh, do we have those? Okay, what's, what's that for, you guys? Windex. You know, glass, mirrors. You guys know what Windex is for, huh? What's the next one? Pledge. You, got, you don't like pledge, huh? You're like, that's artificial. But you know what I'm talking about? That, what's that for? That's for wood, right? And shout. What's that for? Don't yell at it, but if you've got stains on your clothes, you spray it on there, and uh, it's supposed to take away the stains. We know what all these things are for. Windex is for glass, and, you know, what, 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 the next one, I think, might be a little bit more difficult, but, you know, you probably haven't used that in a while. Armor all. It's for your tires. I mean, we got the, we got the, we got the solution for whatever the situation, right? One more. What's that one for? That's for your sins. That's for your sins. And I'll tell you what, the blood of Jesus will wash away your sins. But you got to come to him. The Bible says this, and they overcame by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I don't know where your background is. I don't know what you're coming from. I know for me, it was religion. I went to parochial school all my life. I even read my Bible before I was a Christian, but I didn't know the Lord. You know, and I was involved in all the sacraments and all that kind of stuff, but I didn't know Jesus. The blood of Jesus was not applied in my life because I had not given my life to him. I had not chosen to follow him. And so I want to just close tonight. We're going to have communion. Why don't we have the musicians come up? And, and there are three types of people here today. There are Christians, and 
you know, you're, you're, you're doing okay. Um, you don't need any type of real, like, radical change necessarily. You do need to ask God what the next steps are. You do need to ask God to guide you and to continue to fill you with his love and his mercy and understanding of the blood. You know, that's a lot of Christians here. But there are some Christians who have backslidden. You've drifted away from God so far. If that's you, I pray that today you would make a decision to come back to the Lord. The Bible uses this word over and over again, return. Return to him. And then there are some here, there might be some who don't know the Lord. You know, and and, and Good Friday, it's only good. Not if you went to the Good Friday service. It's good if you went to Jesus Christ. And you made a decision to follow him. He loves you. But every single person in the history of the world that is a Christian, somewhere along the line, they made a decision from their heart to follow Christ. And if you're here today and you can just, you can feel God's knocking on the door of your heart, God's calling you to him. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you, and the Bible says today, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. He loves you. He wants to give you that forgiveness that can only be found in him. You know, we love you. We want that for you. We want you to go to heaven. We want you to have life. Everything that's good is found on Good Friday. Everything. But you have to make that decision. To follow him. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. Will you come under the blood today? Oh Lord, I thank you so much. You made it so clear without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. But Lord, you've also made it clear that we have to put that blood on our life, on the doorposts, on the lintel. Lord, I pray if there is anyone here today who needs to come back to you or needs to make that decision for the first time to follow Christ, Lord, that they would. I pray, Lord, that you would work in them. And if you're here today and you want to make that decision, you want to get right with God, And what I want to do is I want to lead you in a prayer right where you're at. You just pray this prayer to God and you make this your your heart, your, your dedication to him so that tonight it changes your eternal destiny. You just pray this prayer. Lord, I come to you tonight and I want to accept you as my savior i want to return to you lord lord i can't do this on my own strength and so i ask for your holy spirit lord i ask for power lord i ask that you would make me new and that you would write my name in the book of life lord today i choose to follow you and to become a christian Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me 
on this journey, I pray in Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 626-454-3414. Remember that Jesus loves you.